praise the Lord. You know, I, I just know that God was moving so powerfully. Because when I got home yesterday, my wife went and made pepper soup for me. So I said, wow, <laughs> this must have been something else. <laughs> Let us pray. Our precious Father, we just want to thank you, bless your holy name, for what you are doing among us. We are so grateful that we can be blessed by your word. Even this morning, Father, we have prayed. We know we received. And we give thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. So this morning we're going to talk about, you know, the theme is the Lord who heals you, the Lord who heals us. The Lord who heals us. Our theme takes is Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them, delivered them from their destruction. So our text for this morning is Psalm 103 verse 3. Psalm 103 verse 3. The one we read uh, that God gave us here. Who forgives all our, what? Can we read it together? Let's go now. Who forgives all my iniquities? Who heals all my diseases? Who, to, to five, we're reading it to verse five. Who redeems my life from destruction? Who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed with the eagles? If you believe this, say amen. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about how to receive your healing and how to keep it. So we start by talking about what the sources of sickness. There are two major sources. It may not be strictly divided along this line, but for the purpose of what we're talking about, sickness can come from natural source, physiological issues, or it can come from spiritual source. The natural source is like sickness that comes from, you know, malfunction of the body, from poor, unhealthy lifestyle. You can get yourself sick lack of exercise, unhealthy eating habits, snacking late nights, smoking, drinking, alcohol, sugar-filled drinks that load us up with sugar, poor oral hygiene, and we need to see our dentist at least once a year or twice a year as the doctor recommends it. We have to do that. It's very important that we do that. I have failed in that until the Lord woke me up and said, go see your dentist. He said, I gave you, you your teeth. I want you to maintain it. So I had to go to my daughter, who is my dentist. And when they showed me my teeth, I was ashamed of myself. I couldn't believe that I had I've been this uncareless with my teeth. We shouldn't do that. It's not recommended. You should follow your doctor's instructions because God has trained them in these things. There's something somebody knows more than you. So we should honor and respect such gifts that God has raised among us to help us. So... You should go take care of your teeth, especially if you say Christian doctor. Our doctors are good, but personally, I prefer a Christian who prays with me the same. You know, we can talk and pray together, and they know that we are agreed. If you understand me, say amen. We're not discriminating. All doctors are wonderful, beautiful. Go to the one you go, but me personally, I prefer somebody of like minded feet with whom I can pray, who can encourage me in my faith who can stand with me in prayer, who can agree with me, I will prefer that. But others are good too. We're not saying they are not good. So we're saying that we can have this poor oral hygiene. We need our teeth cleaned. 
like I said, as our doctor has recommended. So this is one source of sickness that comes to us. The other one is that there can be malfunction from birth. Birth defect, DNA issues, you know, that we have, hereditary issues. And this God can heal through divine intervention, miraculous intervention of God. God can restore such ones. In Acts chapter 14, verse 7, and there they preached the gospel. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. So you see this one from birth. This is a birth defect. This is not restoring somebody who was healthy and got sick. This is somebody who was born with a defect. So the healing process should be a miraculous intervention in which God has to do a creative miracle. Remember, there's gift of healings, there's gift of miracles. They're not the same. They're not the same. So here God did a gift of miraculous intervention to heal him. So in verse 9, the same heart Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped and walked. So God restored that feet as it should be. So when people have that kind of situation, God can also intervene. I still remember there's a sister here. The grandson was diagnosed with, a, with, one, with a, one of these hereditary malfunction and stuff like that. And then they brought one, one here, that person. They brought her and the Lord said to me, if you pray for, for him, I will do a creative miracle. And God helped us, we prayed. And God did a creative miracle. That thing disappeared. They went back to hospital. They, they, they couldn't find it anymore. She now had a brand new uh, uh, DNA, whatever it is. That hereditary thing was no more there. So God can do that, and God still does that. Amen? So there are, <clears throat> there are also weaknesses that come from age. The body losing some functions and abilities because they are aging. This is not sickness. This is not disease. It's just old age. But God can renew your youth like he did with Abraham. You know, we think that Isaac was a miracle until you read further that Abraham, after Isaac, had six more children. You, you talk of Isaac, we're shouting. But God does abundantly above. Yeah, that's typical of your God. Abraham had married a young girl after Sarah died. After Sarah died. Remember when, when, when Sarah was alive, the Bible said his body was dead. But God did the miracle in that man. Genesis 25, from verse 1. Then again, Abraham took a wife, and her name was Keturah. And she bare him Zimra, Jokshan, Medan, Midian. We are still counting. Ishbak, we are still counting. Shoah. How many of them? Six. So you don't have to, you don't have to succumb to an old age. You don't have to. You don't have to. God that did this in Abraham is still the same God today. He can renew you. He can renew you. You don't have to succumb and say, oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know why we claim that. You say, when you get to this age, this is what happens. And they will happen to you. 
Why don't you say something different? Why don't you say, the Lord renews my youth like that of the ego? Why don't you say that? Why must you say what the world is saying? Why must you? Do you belong to the world? Isn't your case different? Go and tell Abraham, when he married Keturah, that Abraham, what are you doing? He said, my friend, I still have power here. And he proved it by six, six more children. Praise the Lord. So we shouldn't be yielding to old age. Stop all of these things. And you know, you know, this wearing of beard is good. But to me, it's like we are begging old age to come. It's good. It's beautiful. I mean, I, I love it. For I will never. I'm not gonna wear it. I will. Wear it. I will shave. Look neat, beautiful, young, awesome. Yeah. You know. So don't succumb. Don't take testimonies from people. Take it from the Holy Spirit. What did he say? We just read it. Some 103 verse five. Put it up. 103 verse five. Who satisfies your mouth with what? Good things, so that your youth is what? Renewed like the eagles. That's what God does. Don't claim and say, no, at this age they have arthritis. Is that what they call it? Arthritis? Arthritis? I don't know what they call it. Arthritis. This one. Why must you have it? You got to answer. Isn't there a power that worketh in you? The power of you, the temple of the awesome God has taken residence in you. I keep saying it. That's what distinguishes you from nations around you. Because you have God. You have almighty God taking residence in you. And not just sitting there, but he's working. He's at work to perfect his will in your life. And he wrote it right there. I will renew your youth like that of the eagles. So why must you have arthritis and have because you've been claiming them? I'm not planning on having one. I'm having one. Yesterday I danced and I was I was so full of joy, thanking God for my health. Man, I couldn't contain my joy. I was leaving. I came back dancing, jumping all over the place. I was just so grateful to God for good health and handsome man. My wife called me and said, honey, you know, see, you look so young. I said, yeah, you're looking for something else. What do you mean? If you, tell her, if you tell her what I said, it's between you and me. So, but there's sickness that is called by demonic spirits also. That's not physiological. You can see Mark 9, 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto, it, unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. So this spirit made him deaf and made him dumb. So demons can make people sick. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, Think of it. For 18 years, Satan bound her. Satan made her by this. 18 years. The Lord said, this is what Satan did. Ought not to think of it for 18 years, be loose from, his, from this bound of the, on the Sabbath. The Satan did this. 
Acts 10, 38. God, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Sickness can be oppression of the devil, not possession. Oppression of the devil. For God was with him. I used to have some experience. Some experience. Look, if, if I come near you and you have demonic spirits, all my, all my body will be vibrating like connected electricity. You won't even notice it. I'm the Lord. It will be vibrating like connected electricity. I know there's demonic spirit there. God has given me grace to have, have a lot of experience with him. I'm telling you. So there are things that demons are doing in the last of people. So how does God heal us? I want to deal with natural healing because most people are comfortable there and that's fine. Healing through natural means. God heals us through natural means. See, the body he created has inbuilt ability to heal itself. We all have experienced healing by natural process of the body. Now, when we are growing up, we are children, we have wound. You put sand on it. Eh? And pores will be coming. You still put more sand. And then you put uh, a bitter leaf on it. But finally, the thing heals, and you'll be pulling it out. The body heals itself. The body has the ability to fight disease. It is naturally inbuilt by God. There is nothing more powerful than your body, but your body when it comes to fighting diseases. Nothing. Man has not created anything more powerful than your body to fight diseases. There are white blood cells. Let me not call those ones. Some people wouldn't know what it is. But there are white blood cells. Fight diseases. Why corpuscles? Then golf diseases. So, the, 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 by, by creation, God has made you to be able to fight disease, fight infection. And the more your immunity is stronger, the better you can fight diseases. When your immunity is weakened, you may not be able. You doubt me. When you travel to Nigeria, drink any water you want and see what will happen to you. But you were drinking that water before and nothing was happening because you had immunity then. But you came to America drinking pure water, no more impure, pure water. Now your immunity has gone down. So God created us with ability to fight disease. So now, so and the body can regenerate itself. So there are some parts of your body that can regenerate itself. So sometimes when they want to do surgery and they realize that you, your body can no more because of age, they will not do it. Because they're saying you can't regenerate, you can't survive this thing. I'm not a doctor, I hope I'm right. Am I right? Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> so, when it comes to doctors and healing, it is primarily healing by natural process too. All the medicine do is to help your body heal itself mostly or mimic what the body does. And in these days, they can put some parts in you that are artificially produced to help your functioning parts function better. So it's generally uh, enhancing your body's ability to fight itself. The, the, immune, the immune, immunization you take you know, enhances your body ability to recognize that thing and fight it. So it gives, when you have immunization, it gives your body a weak form of that disease, 
weakened form of it. So your blood vessels see it and attack it as a foreign body. So that's where you build immunity. So when the big one comes, your body is ready to take on it. So you see that it is the body really that does this thing finally anyway. So when, it, when you go to doctors, it's a natural process, but it's enhanced now because people who have learned about it, they now know what to give you to help you overcome it. And then they advise you how to prevent it anyway. And they tell you, if you see this, then come back to me. So they, they are there to help us. Do you know how many people would have died without doctors, without hospitals? Millions. Even some of you sitting here wouldn't, wouldn't be alive. So God, God gave, the, gave, gave us wonderful gifts in doctors and hospitals and nurses and pharmacists too. What's wrong? Pharmacists too. Yeah. And one. So we're saying that God heals us through doctors. So God uses them to keep us alive. You know, the Bible says the number of your days God will fulfill. All of us have numbers. Any day you hear that this man had left, you are crying on your own. My number has come. It, no, I'm telling you, once that number comes, poof, unless you want to live longer. So any day I live is because I don't want to stay again. I want to go. I don't, I don't want any more exercise every morning. I'm done. I want to go. There, there's no treadmill, nothing. So if your number of your days is fulfilled, you go home. The Bible said, help us to number our what? Days. To know that we have a number attached to it. Number attached to it. You know? So in Exodus 23, 26, there shall nothing cast their young, nor be barren in their land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. So we all have numbers, and we have different numbers attached to us. Telling you, any day you hear this man has left, I'm in heaven. You're just wasting your time crying. Why are you crying? Because I'm in heaven. You should be rejoicing. The man is going home. He wants to go. Two bases I'm living. My days are up, up, and because I want to go. Period. <laughs> if he has gone, he wants to go, he's gone. Doesn't like treadmill every morning, he's gone. Where there's no treadmill, that's in. You know, it's far better than here. No taxis, no IRS, nothing. See, God fulfilled his humanity by providing this. Because not everybody knows God. If God is waiting until we all come to know him and have faith to believe him, we all die. So God provided this. To help a lot of things God provides. Provided us technology that makes you travel better, make your life better. You eat breakfast in Nigeria. Here you eat uh, dinner in, uh, in Lagos. And it makes your life far better. All this knowledge is what God gave mankind. Why? Because he loves us unconditionally. That's why he did that. In Matthew chapter 5, 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do, do good to them that hate you. Pray for them, quit despitefully use you, and persecute you, that you may be the children of your father, which is in heaven. For he maketh his son now to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do, do not even the Republicans do the same. God loves everybody. Evil, good. He sends doctors, gives knowledge to heal us, help us keep going. He, he, he helps us a lot because he loves us. Period. And it's not and. It's all the love of God in practice. That he gives people knowledge. 
that will help mankind to stay longer. Number two, if, if, if we don't stay longer and you perish and go to hell, God wants you to stay longer because you give your life to Christ. So he'll keep you going. He'll keep you going. You know? So what we're trying to say is that going to doctor and you know, medicine, it's all stay God in his love, providing these things to help humanity. If you agree, shout amen. Now, when, when you get healed by this natural process, like a person, somebody who doesn't pray goes to hospital and gets healed, like we said, they stay God. But now, a believer who goes to hospital to be healed, God heals him there too, but he prays to God. He has a dimension that the hidden doesn't add. The hidden doesn't add the dimension of praying to God, but the Christian brings to bear in his situation divine intervention. It makes a world of difference. So, so even though God will heal the hidden naturally, but the Christian now comes and begins to call on our Father who at what? In heaven. The Lord my helper and God sends help. So now when the Christian goes to hospital, it's not the time to be saying, I'm not sick, doctor. You are sick. Stop all of these things. It ridicules Christianity. My friend, you are sick. If you are not sick, why did you go to him? Why don't you go to shop right and be shopping? No, you are sick. That's why you go there. Don't go to a doctor and say, I'm not sick, please. Look, let me talk to you. I'm your pastor. If you do that, I will deny you. Go there and say, doctor, I know why I came. I have sickness. Too. That's why you went. Let's stop ridiculing Christianity. That's not faith. Believers get sick. Why did you read that believers don't get sick? Believers are afflicted, attacked by any other, like any other person. James 5, 14. Is any sick among you? Let him call. He said, is any sick? The Holy Spirit is saying you can be sick. Is there anybody sick there? He didn't say, well, you know you are not supposed to be down. No, you are anybody sick among you there. Philippians 2, 25. Meanwhile, I thought I should send a Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker and fellow soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am, this is Paul from who handkerchief will go out. I want to show you this in the Bible. No, I'm sending him because he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. If you know this epiphanitis, that's the one praying for churches that will stand in the will of God. He was ill. 27. And he certainly was ill. Papa didn't say he wasn't. Papa said, yeah, he was sick. He was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me. Because these were his children. So that I would not have one sorrow after apparently other people have died. If you read what he wrote to the Corinthians, I say many of you are sick and died. Apparently people have died before. So, so I won't have one sorrow after another. Christmas, I had sorrow before. Psalm 34, 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivered him from them all. It's not lack of faith, faith to face affliction. It's not lack of faith. They'll come to all of us. Don't let, don't be, don't be, don't let anybody shame you to admit that you are sick. Don't do that. Or that you are facing challenges. Don't do that. It is not strange. 
First Peter 4, 12. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the very trials which will try you as though some strange thing happening to you. Friends, it's, 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 it's challenges that come to us. They do come to us. They do come. Being in denial is not how you do it. First Timothy 5.23 Drink no longer water, but use a little wine for, your, for thy stomach's sake and thy often what? Infirmity. It says often. This is Timothy, Paul's number one child. It, when he was dying, this is the boy he committed his ministry into. Because he broke his heart that he couldn't find many faithful people. This is the boy, he said, Timothy, my son. If you read this letter to Timothy, that was his hair. He had no wife, and it was Timothy. He said, Timothy, you are often infirmities. He said, people read this, he said, the Bible says we should drink wine. No, you don't take alcohol for stomach problems. If you do, it will aggravate your ulcer. So it's not alcohol. It's fruit juice. I'm a pharmacist, so I can talk on authority here. And if you graduate from the University of Nigeria, you really studied. Because your lecturer will promise you you will fail. So you need to study to pass. So if you are sick, please seek help. Seeking help is no lack of it. Seek help. If you are comfortable with going to the hospital, do not waste your time. Go straight right there. God will heal you there. See, God will come down to wherever you are. Every time I want to pray, if I prayed for you about sickness, you will notice that I will ask you one question. Where are you comfortable? Do you want us to pray about you going to hospital? Because if you are comfortable there, that's where God will heal you. Then we pray about you are going to hospital. And it will work. If you're comfortable in trusting God to heal you by direct intervention, that's where your faith is, and God will heal you there. You don't push faith on people. So when you go to hospital, what do you do? James 5, 13. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. That's what you do. If you go to hospital, pray. Go to hospital, you pray. And then, like we said, you should have faith, have it for yourself. Romans 14, 22. Has thou faith, have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. If this is what, where you are comfortable, you shouldn't be ashamed of that. That's your faith will work right there. It will work. I'm telling you, I've seen it work miraculously right in hospital. Before Stella, the first time Stella had cancer that spread to her, people didn't know this story, spread to her bone and everything. I asked, I said, where are you comfortable? He said, hospital. I said, fine, God will heal you there. And we prayed, God healed her. Do you know Stella had 16 years without cancer before this last one came? It wasn't the first time he came over. <laughs> the first time he came was when we were in Newark. God healed that woman. She, was he not testifying? Even doctors will take him to take her to hospital to come and take, share with cancer patient what happened to her. They will call her a miracle woman. 
16 years. Before this last one they came. That's what I asked. I said, where are you comfortable? He said, Doctor, and, and before they did the first surgery, I had to go. And I heard her hand. I said, this God that he let us, we do this surgery. The doctor saw me, came to me, said, Pastor, there's nothing that will make me believe that this woman will live. He said, this woman is a walking miracle. That's what the doctor told me with his mouth. They will take her to St. Joseph's here to go and be addressing cancer patients. Romans 14.5. One man estimated one day above another now. Another estimated every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Be persuaded. Why you are comfortable? Be persuaded. Stay there. Nobody has the right to dictate to you what to believe. Because it's your own faith that will heal you, not their own faith. You know? Somebody can encourage you in faith, but he can't dictate to you what to believe. 2 Corinthians 1.24 For not for not not for, not for that we have dominion over your faith. Nobody has dominion over your faith. Nobody. But I just help us of your joy. For by faith you stand. You stand by your own faith. So if you go to hospital, let me recommend to you how you pray. Number one is pray for the doctors. Because they are human beings. There have been medical malpractice in this country. There have been wrong prescriptions. There have been, there have been errors. And these are not by that because they want to. It's not because they are human beings. They have been. The last one now, this mama that I went to see, after we went to see her, the following day, she was telling them that the pastor came. She was recovering from this brain surgery, aneurysm. She was telling them that ah, the pastor came. You know, he prayed for me yesterday. And they started talking, moving her fingers. But there's something they put in the long after that. I don't know what happened. Don't put me around that's why you pray for their human beings. You must pray for them. Commit them into the hand of who? God. And say, God, they are human beings. You are the God that he laid. Show him what is wrong. Reveal to him the proper treatment. Give him your wisdom. It is in you I trust, not in him. You must do that. But the enemy can do anything. So you need to pray for the medicine that you are taking. Pray about it and say, Lord, even if it's water they're giving me. Father, like you pray over your food now, pray over it and say, Lord, let this thing work more than it was made to work. Let it achieve your will to restore me, to heal me, and it will work. I've done it with one pastor. He was, he was coughed for years, and, and I said, Pastor, can we pray that God will use that medicine to heal you? He said, really? I said, yeah. So we prayed prayer for agreement that God will use discernment. I said, when God touches it, the potency increases, the effectiveness becomes from God. And we did, and that thing worked. So you pray over it, then pray for the nurses and staff. You need their goodwill. It's not when you go there and be quarreling with them and fighting with them and complaining. That's, that's lack of wisdom. You need them because you need them to help you. Besides, that's not when you're going to be having resentment with people now. You don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. You want to go there and let them help you. So you need to have goodwill among them. And be humble. Appreciate them. Thank them. 
or whatever they do, thank them. That will enhance your relationship with, the, with them instead of finding fault with whatever. And then finally, pray that God will quicken the process of your healing. These are the things I recommend when you go to hospital. So what happens with this is because God is now working in answer to your prayer. I want you to listen to me. The, that process of healing, we do more than the natural one can do. Let me illustrate it for you. You know when they had five loaves and two what? Fishes. When Jesus took that five loaves and two fishes had natural ability. They could feed a number, right? Come on, church. But when Jesus took it, lifted it to God, he fed thousands. When you take, when you go to hospital and you lift up your doctor and your medicine to God, instead of that level where the natural thing can work, it does more. I don't know if you get what I'm trying to say. If you understand me, shout hallelujah. It does what? More. Because there's a divine power that is now involved. Apart from the natural one that God created, there's divine intervention that the power of God is now using it. So instead of that fish working in the limited ability of feeding only Brother Paul, Brother Paul can finish five loaves and two fishes alone. But now, but now because there's divine intervention, it was able to feed how many? Thousands. Does it clear it for you? So when you pray there, that thing has a limitation. But because you have prayed, it now does abundantly above all you can Ask or think about. So now the result is this. Listen to me. You know, when, when you are healed by doctors naturally, they can say to you, after this treatment, you may not be able to have children. That's why the natural thing limits. But when, it, when God's intervention is involved and you are healed, you will have children. Because it goes beyond. Are, his healing is more than what natural thing can do. Am I illustrating it well? Yeah. You have children. I've had it happen. That's why one of our sisters here now, he called me when, when he was here, breast cancer. And then we, we, I prayed with her and things, and the thing disappeared. But the husband said, doctor. So the doctor oh, insisted on, on having a chemo. And she oh, I said, Pastor, what do I do? I said, you have to honor your husband. So she had chemo, and they told her that after this chemo, she won't have children. I said, it's a lie. I said, no, no, no. I said, you have. I said, because when God heals you, he heals you completely. And she ended up having, I think, extra three or four children. So that thing they said, they were talking about what the natural thing can do. But they didn't know there's a divine intervention in it. So they can heal you and say, you, you may not be able to raise this arm again. No, it's not true. If God is involved, you will what? Because God will heal you completely. Completely. I don't know if I'm, I've explained this very well. Praise the Lord. You say, you know, should I go back to your doctor? Of course now. You should go back. Your doctor should be the first to know what God did. Oh, yeah. You should, and don't take yourself off your medicine. Let the doctor see what God has done. Because you want your doctor saved. You should be excited to go back and say, doctor, check me. He said, what happened to you? He said, now nah, let me share with you, doctor. I said, this was really? Yeah, because you are setting him up to believe that God is. The most difficult people to minister to when it comes to healing are, are, are I won't call their names. Medical people. 
Because what they see every day, they see a lot. I don't, what they see, it's tough. So, you want your doctor to see now? God, God said, you should prove me and see that I'm God. Show your doctor what God has done. Let him see it. Let him be the first and share your testimony with him. So, you should go back to him if you have to, and you have to, truly. Now, it's very important that in all of this, that you trust God and not your doctors. Very important. Proverbs 3, 5 to 8. Am I communicating? I'm talking to you as your pastor, so you should hear me. Proverbs 3, 5 to 8. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. And lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge him. In all your ways. If you're in hospital, acknowledge him. That's the God that he led you. Then he shall direct your path. Now, Second Chronicles 16, 12 shows us somebody who went to hospital and didn't trust God. Asa, a man, <laughs> a king of Israel. Remember, God said to them, I'm the God that he led thee. In, in Second Chronicles 16, 12, and in the 30, ninth year of, of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet. And his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but the physicians. So as I rested with his father, he died in the 41st year of his reign. He did not seek the Lord, he didn't trust God, trusted the physicians, and God said, okay, let them be your healer. So we must trust the Lord all the time. Not that you die, I'm not saying you die, I'm just using this as an example. We are not dying anything, but we have to trust the Lord. Now, the second way that God heals us, the way I discuss is where many people operate. So it's okay to be there. You get healed. But let's discuss the second way. God heals us by direct action of the Spirit of God with no human agent. Many of you have experienced it here. Without doctor, nothing. You've trusted God, stood on the word of God, and God healed you. There's a young man here. It's right here. He, he, the mother told me, you know, they became sick. And he asked this boy, he said, do you want to go to us? They said, no, I trust God to heal me. And God healed him. You're sitting right here. There are many of you who have trusted God to heal you. He has healed you without human intervention. Am I telling lies? You have stood on your own faith and you've gotten it done. You know? So if, if, if that's where you're comfortable, stand there. Stand there. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Nobody has any right to talk you out of what God revelation has given you. Let me tell us the thing about life is that you can have more revelation in finances and when it comes to finances, you have more revelation. So your faith there is more than somebody else. Somebody can have more revelation in healing than you. Can't. So when it comes to healing, he knows where he is with God. He knows what experience he has with God. Don't go and be telling him, you're not a standard. Be humble. You're not a standard. And besides, when, you, when the Spirit of God is leading somebody to stand on faith and you are interacting with the Holy Spirit, it's dangerous. He might give you a long route to stop that. One day you pay a price. Don't dare God. Don't you dare God. Because faith comes by what? They have had. They had a revelation. They had a revelation. You didn't hear the God not talking to you. God's talking to you. But there can be areas where you had God they didn't hear. In that area, you two are excelling more than them. So all of us are growing and growing. But Romans 14, 22. Has that faith, have it to thyself before God. 
Just believe your own. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. Stay where God has laid you. Stay in the faith God has given you. And you shall see the glory of God. Romans 14, 5 says, One man, is, we read it before, estimate one day above another, another estimate every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. Can I hear amen? Romans 12, 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each one of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by faith God has given you. So stay where God has given you revelation and act on it and grow in it. Grow in it. It works. It really, really works. You know, my, 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 my boss before, he used to have pain. When, when that pain comes, I saw it once in Boston. When it came to him, we, they called 911. When that pain hit him, oh my God. And he went to hospital, they did. Everything they, that pain was, I was there, I saw with my eyes. And now they wanted to take, they do surgery on him. They were preparing him for surgery. He told them, he said, no, I have another doctor. I'm going home. They said, he said, I don't need this surgery. I'm going home. Reverend Asno, he left that hospital. That pain never came back to today. That was it. Because God said, get out of them healing. You can't overrule God. He's the God Almighty. Can I hear amen? He didn't come back. But now when he had another sickness, he had to rush to the hospital again. Because God said, you go back there now. I'll heal you there. So he went back there. And the Lord is leading as he pleases. Can I hear amen? Yeah. As he pleases. This one, God said, come out, I'll heal you. He came out and God healed him. He was my boss because I was working under him. I saw it with my eyes. All our meetings, no more. Suddenly, we fall and the pain, no more. No more till today. Because God said, I want to heal you without this. You come at him. But this other one, God said, no, you go to the surgery. Go to the doctor now. I want to heal you with doctors. We should be led of the spirit of God. Whatever he leads you to do, that's where, he's, that's where he is. Praise the Lord. So there are many ways that the Lord heals us directly. He uses human agent, like we said, with doctors and medicine. They lay in our hands, anointing with oil, prayer of faith, gift of healings and working of miracles. These work, the gift of healings and working of miracles work as he wills and where and when he wants it. But our personal faith can work anytime. Your personal faith can work what? Anytime. So he sends us his word. Because the, the faith comes from hearing God. Faith comes from hearing God. I remember uh, Joel Austin. Joel Austin? The father was John Austin. John Austin. And I heard the father's testimony how she had very major heart issue, and they were going to do open heart surgery. And in the night, the Lord visited him, gave him scripture, and said, you get out of this place, I'll heal you myself. And so they were trying to wheel him to the hospital, to the theater. He said to them, he said, I had a visitation in the night, and the Lord gave me scripture, and said, he wants me to go home. And fortunately, the doctor was a Christian doctor. And the doctor said, you did? He said, yeah. I said, if I were you, I'll stay with the Lord. So they let him go. 
after a few days of battle of it, he got completely restored. He went back to that hospital. They found nothing wrong with him. Absolutely nothing wrong with him. Can I hear amen? So you see, faith comes from hearing God. He had God. Don't act on presumption. People give testimony. That is beautiful. Testimony can inspire you. But don't act on somebody's testimony. You will fail. You can only act on what God has told you. Because faith comes by hearing. Yes, testimonies do inspire. But you go hear from God. Have your own experience with God. Because God might not handle you the same way he handled uh, this person. You don't mimic it. You don't copy it. So now we're talking about personal faith. Psalm 107 verse 20. Am I communicating? Psalm 107 verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So he sent his word so we can believe it and get healed and get delivered from our destructions. And then his word really heals. Proverbs 4.20. Now I'm talking about being healed based on personal faith from what God has spoken to you. The word you heard from God. The word he sent to you. Proverbs 4.20. My son, give attention to my word. Incline your ear to my sins. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. What will they do? What would they do? For they are life to those who find them. So you must hear it. You must find it. God must quicken it to you. You don't act on because you read it. No. Faith comes from hearing. You must find it. You must hear from God. God must give you a revelation on it. That's why people do say I'm acting on faith. They fall flat. They had nothing. Those who find them and help to all their flesh. So now that's what the word of God that I want to read to us. I pray that you also discover it this morning. Amen. So let me give us an example of what a man that saw something about the word of God and believed it. Matthew 8, 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word, What? Speak the, the word, what? I don't need anything else. There is power in what you say. He discovered it. He discovered it. Speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. That, that's it. That's what it out. Your word only. Verse 9. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I said to this man, Go, and he goeth, and to another come, and he cometh, and to my servant do this, he doeth it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. God is pleased with faith. God is pleased with what? Faith. He says, the, the Bible says Jesus marveled. He was so pleased. He was so excited. He said, wow, I have not found this kind of faith in the whole of Israel. This, is, and this was not even a Jew. 
This was a Gentile. Who could believe God to this extent? The entire Jewish nation, nobody could except this one. Verse 11. And I saw unto you that many shall come. He started to teach. He says, many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out in outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. 13. Jesus said unto the centurion, let's read it. What did he say to him? Go thy way. What did he say? As thou hast, what will happen? And what happened? It was here that same time. Jesus said, since you believe this, that's it. Go your way. It's done. And it happened. My question is, if his faith produced this, wouldn't your faith produce this? I'm asking a simple question. Would Jesus look at you and say, I'm marveling and say, wow, this is my daughter. Her faith excites me. This is my son. His faith excites me. Marvel. Rejoice that he's found somebody who believes in him. Somebody asked God, I don't know whether it's true, but somebody says, Ask the Lord, say, What's your favorite song? He said, How great thou art. He said, The reason is because it reminds you of who I am, it reminds you of my greatness, so you can trust me. Not because I need it or no, so because it ministers to you to know that I am God. And I am great. So here is his word. That, woman, that man found authority in his word and believed it. Let me read you his word. Isaiah 53, 3. Because in this conference, we are talking about the Lord that healed us. And he sent his word to what? Heal us. So we are focusing on the word in this conference. Not in laying on of hands, not in other means of prayer. I mean, it's healing, but in the world. Isaiah 53, verse 3. He is despised and left of men, a man of pains and acquainted with sickness. And as one hiding the face from us, he is despised and we esteem him not. Surely, surely, our sicknesses he had what? Born. Our pains he had carried. And we have esteemed him plague, smitten of God and afflicted. He is pierced for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace on him, and by his bruise, by his bruise, I want everybody to read it. By his bruise, loud and loud, by his bruise, no, remove us and put me. By his bruise, no, no, I want you to say it louder. By his bruise. Now, yeah, I like the way you did it in God. You pointed at herself. So I want you to imitate in God now. By his bruise, there is healing to. Can we shout hallelujah? hallelujah. God bless you. That was awesome. She took it herself. Before I said it, she said it's me. She was pointing at herself. Her face lit up. You know, we can get it right now. That man got it. Why can't we get it? can get it right now. And verse 10, 53, Isaiah 53, verse 10, and Jehovah had delighted to bruise him. He had made him sick. Can you believe that? God made Jesus sick. It was God that bruised him. 
Why? So that we'll be well. God can't do all of these things and we're playing religion, praying church, and won't believe it, won't accept it. And Jehovah had delighted to bruise him. He made him sick. If he saw don't make an offering for guilt, he sees seed, he prolonged life, our days, and the pleasure of Jehovah has in his hand had what? God's pleasure is that he sees us well. He said the pleasure of God has now prospered because God made his son sick so that I will be well. Our life is really a life of aging. Life of aging. He was, he said, my father, my father, why have thou forsaken? And we were drawn he became sin, and we became righteous. He became poor, and we became rich. Think of it. Now he became sick, and we became. He became a curse, and we became. It's a life of it. First Peter two twenty four. Who his own serve. Bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were. Peter was quoting Isaiah. Now, Job gave a testimony that will lead us to Holy Communion. But before that Holy Communion, I want to read to us how to receive it and keep it. Healing may be instant. Healing may be gradual. What happened is so many Christians, when the miracle of God starts in their life, they truncate it without knowing. They stop it. Because they didn't see it immediately. They think God didn't start anything. No. Once you start believing God, God starts doing something. Healing may be instant. May not be instant. May be gradual. Let me say it again. Healing is not always instant. But it may be instant. But healing... Always starts if you start believing. So it may be gradual. The scripture in Mark chapter, Mark chapter 16, verse 18. I think Mark 16, 18. Mark 16, verse 18. They shall take up what? Serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall what? What does recover mean? They will gradually recover means they are going to recover. Might be gradual. So healing might be gradual. Might be gradual. Don't stop it. Once you start believing, continue believing. And then Hebrew 10, 23 tells us how to receive it and keep it going. Hebrew 10, 20, am I communicating to you? Have I lost you? If you are still here, shout Hallelujah. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast. This is how you receive it now. What you say is yours in the spirit becomes yours. Yeah. He says it shall be to you according to what you accept, what you believe. So let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he's faithful, that promise. So if I say, thank you, Lord. Jesus took my infirmities. So I took his health. 
It starts. God will never lie. It starts. Because you are confessing it, you are believing it. It starts. But it may be gradual. So what do you do? You keep saying it. You keep what? Saying it. You keep what? Saying it. I guarantee you something you will observe. You will observe with time that the sickness begins to reduce. The symptoms begin to reduce. Has anybody experienced that? Eh? The thing begins to reduce, reduce, reduce until... Am I the only one who has experienced that? Do it now. <laughs> Just keep thanking God for it. Initially, you might not notice anything. But you keep thanking, you hold fast that thing because say, Lord, it has started because my faith has kicked in. You, Jesus took my sickness. I took his head. You, you read the scripture and thank him. You keep, the enemy will fight you back. You keep saying it. You keep saying it. After some time, I am guaranteeing you the symptoms will begin to reduce, 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 reduce. If you keep steady, if you keep steady, reduce, reduce. And at a point, the Spirit of God will start talking to you. I'm not kidding. He'll come and start helping you, start talking to you about it. He'll start giving you other scriptures. He'll start trying to help you keep your faith going. He'll reduce and reduce on. Did I communicate to you? So we're going to take the Holy Communion based on what Job said. Job chapter 3, 17. Job was prophesying about the Lord Jesus Christ. We've said this three times now. And you know the Lord said to me, say, go down that route again. Say, keep hitting that route because sometimes they don't get it the first time. Keep saying it. So Job chapter 3, 17. In order to turn man from his deed and conceal pride from man, he keeps back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. Man is also chastened with pain on his bed and with strong pain in many of his bones. He says, talking of sickness, 20, so that his life abhors bread. He loses appetite now and his soul succulent food. His flesh west away from sight and his bones stick out which once we are not seen yes his soul draws near the pit his life to the executioner to sickness to death if there is a messenger for him now somebody who stands for him a messenger on his behalf a mediator one among a thousand, a, a mediator that is unusual, to show man his uprightness, to bring him righteousness so God can accept him and work for him. If, if there is a messenger for him, a mediator, one among a thousand to show, his, show man his righteousness, his uprightness, which is in Christ, then he shall be gracious to him. Grace unmerited. And say, let's read that together. Let's say what? Do what? Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. God said, I found a ransom. Somebody paid a ransom. Somebody paid and mediated peace with me. Now I accept him. He's righteous before me. Now I'm his God, so I'm going to heal him. That's what Job is saying. He said, I have found 
a ransom, verse 25. Can we read verse 25 together? We read it like you mean it. One, two, go. Let's go. His flesh shall be young like a child. He shall return to the days of his youth. Can I hear amen? He said this flesh that was going back to the pit because a ransom has been paid for him. A mediator has been found between him and God. And God has given him God's righteousness, accepted him. He said his flesh shall come back like the child. He shall return to the day of a youth. Let's read 20. After, if you read 25, promise me you won't run out because this is so exciting. 25 will make you dance until the usher stop you. Let's read verse 20. Don't dance until we finish. Verse 26. His flesh, he shall pray. His, okay, let's read 25 again. Our ushers like 25. Ushers gave me signal. So please don't, don't jump up out of excitement. Okay, let's read it again. One, two, let's go. He, mm, my flesh, eh, my flesh, my flesh shall be young like a child. I shall return to the days of my youth. Then 26. I shall pray to God. He will be delighted in me. He will see, I will see his face with joy. For he restores me to his righteousness. Case closed. That's what we are celebrating now. He has restored you to his righteousness. Your flesh will burst out like death of the youth. Isn't that wonderful? Praise the Lord. I say 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 praise the Lord. Is there any instruments in this house? Can you come here? I have touched the hem of his garment. I have touched the hem of his garment. I have touched the hem of his garment. He has made me whole. Hallelujah. I have touched the hem of his garment. I have touched the hem of his garment. I have touched the hem of his garment. He has made me whole. Hallelujah. I have touched the hem of his garment. I have touched. Shout out to 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can be seated. Thank you. Stay around in case I need you. We are doing it together. This is also. Yesterday, the ushers put you brought down the house with this your son. You know, turn your face to Jesus. It was awesome. I trust God you will be again today. How many of you are expecting to be healed? Stop. How many of you know you are healed? See the difference. You are just singing, He has made me whole. And then you turn around, I'm expecting to be healed. Which one will God take? You are just singing, He has made me. I sing it. He has made me. He has healed me. And I said, Are you expecting? He said, Yeah, I'm expecting. No, you are well already. Now. We have found a ransom, we have found a mediator, and we are done. Can I hear amen? Yeah, first Timothy said, Jesus, the, the mediator between man and God, and the 